you guys. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit more about personal care products and how to really minimize <clears throat> your toxic load when you're using your body care products, when you're selecting your body care products. So I'm talking about shampoo and conditioner, any kind of hair styling products, body products, body wash, body lotion, uh, makeup, skincare, toothpaste, any of these types of products that you're using on a day-to-day -day basis. We'll go over some of the methods that I use uh, to reduce the toxic load, and we'll talk a little bit more in detail about uh, some of the ingredients to look out for. So let's get into it. Welcome to Written on Your Face. I'm Tina Powers, holistic esthetician and health coach with over 22 years of experience. I've helped thousands of people to improve their digestion and hormone balance, decrease stress, and to view their skin as a barometer for their internal health. I'm here to teach you how to take charge of your health, refine your skincare, and bring back your radiant glow. So minimizing the toxic load of your body care products is a, an important step towards maintaining your overall health and wellness. Uh, to reduce your uh, exposure to harmful chemicals found in personal care products, it's really important to read labels and avoid products containing ingredients such as parabens, phthalates, synthetic fragrances, and sulfates. Uh, these chemicals have been linked to a variety of health issues such as hormone disruption, allergies, skin irritation, endocrine disruption, uh, and they are often carcinogenic. So choosing products with natural and organic ingredients can help reduce your exposure to these harmful chemicals, as well as supporting ethical and sustainable farming practices. I feel, I mean, personal care products are such a huge part of our daily routines. You know, the average person is exposed to dozens and dozens of potentially harmful, toxic chemicals every day from these products. We all use them. I mean, they're just a natural part of our morning and evening routine and day to day, you know, we wash the dishes in the sink. We uh, wash our hands constantly through the day. So looking at the ingredients in some of these products is going to really help you to decrease the loading of toxic ingredients because your body, your skin absorbs 30% of what goes on its surface. And not only that, sometimes these um, aggressive drying ingredients can cause cracks in the barrier function of the skin, which can allow for bacteria and other harmful things to get into the skin itself, creating a lot of inflammation and just further problems. Those of us that have eczema, rosacea, acne, you know what I'm talking about. Because if your barrier function is compromised, uh, that is part and parcel to, to ro what rosacea and eczema and psoriasis actually is. I mean, protecting your barrier function should be your primary focus if those conditions apply to you. Here are just a few steps that you could take to minimize the toxic load of these products. So first and foremost, you want to read labels. <clears throat> read all your labels. Read all the ingredients. Avoid any products that contain harmful chemicals. Uh, look for products that are labeled as organic or natural. 
That's usually a good indication, though I don't believe the word natural is actually regulated by the United States. Organic applies to a lot of foods. Again, it's somewhat of a gray area in the marketing terms, so that can be a good first step, but you still want to do your due diligence. Um, they're usually free of synthetic ingredients and chemicals, but it's still a good idea to read the label thoroughly. Um, I try to avoid products with really long lists of extremely complicated looking ingredients. But again, as a, a caveat, some of the ingredients are listed by their scientific names. So they could be natural or organic compounds, but they could be somewhat altered to suit a skin application, a topical application. So due diligence, check the Environmental Working Group or the David Suzuki Foundation. Both have really nice databases so you can look up these ingredients. So when you're reading your labels on personal care products, you want to be aware of common harmful chemicals like parabens, phthalates, sodium lauryl sulfate, formaldehyde, and synthetic fragrances. For example, there's a, a longer list of chemicals to look out for, but these have been linked to a range of negative health issues, including uh, cancer, hormone disruption, skin irritations, etc. So if you're not sure about a specific ingredient, do a little research or consult with an esthetician or a dermatologist to determine whether or not it has potential health risks for you. It's also important to consider the source and manufacturing practices of the products you're using. So some products may be labeled as natural or organic, but still contain harmful chemicals. So it's important to do your research and choose reputable companies that prioritize transparency and sustainability. So looking for products that use recyclable materials, environmentally friendly packaging, um, really avoiding anything that is excessively over-packaging their products. Those are usually markers of companies that are not necessarily taking into consideration the health implications of their ingredients. Um, so by being more mindful of the products you use and the companies you support, you can minimize your toxic load and support a more sustainable and ethical personal care routine that will benefit you in the long term and reduce your skin's and your body's toxic load and potential illness down the road. So I also would recommend choosing sometimes multi-purpose products that would simplify your routine and reduce the number of products you use. So you could use uh, like a natural bar soap as a body wash and a shampoo. Lush used to make some really beautiful shampoo bars. And I know that there are a couple of really lovely organic companies out there that really focus on high quality bar products, bar shampoos, bar body soaps that can be used multi-purpose. Sometimes you can get away with using them on your face, but it just depends on your skin. Some people can do it. A lot of people can't. Use caution and check with your esthetician if you have questions about that. But it can reduce the toxic load of your personal care products and it saves you a lot of time and a lot of money uh, if you can find something that works well for you. You could consider making some of your own personal care products too. For example, I like to do the no poo method for my shampoo uh, and conditioning. So it just involves two squeeze bottles, 
some baking soda and some apple cider vinegar. And all you do is in one bottle, you put about a tablespoon of baking soda and then you fill it with water. And then the other one, you do about two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and fill that with water. I try to shoot for about two cups of water uh, in the bottle. Then you shake it up until it's mixed up. And then in the shower, you you on wet hair, you apply the baking soda mixture just to the scalp and massage it in sections just to the scalp, work it into the hair, and then rinse it out. And then on the lengths of your hair, you use the apple cider vinegar uh, dilution to clean out any uh, buildup of product and to really create a lot of shine. It conditions the hair really nicely. So it, ex it reduces your exposure to harmful chemicals, but it also supports a more sustainable and eco-friendly lifestyle. So if that's your, your goal to minimize your toxic load and to improve your carbon footprint overall uh, and to improve the environment in which you live, doing things like that really will eliminate sometimes like thousands of chemicals from your skin on a daily basis, especially if you're someone who shampoos every day. <clears throat> it can take a little time to adjust to the no poo method um, because it it's, you're, you're going to produce a little bit more oil at first. So you're going to want to use a boar's bristle brush to really comb through the hair when it's dry. Um, at first, when I started doing it, I would comb it through in the morning and then again at night. And it just distributes all of your natural oils from your scalp onto your hair. But the beauty part of using, uh, something like this, as opposed to a traditional shampoo and conditioner is that it protects the pH and the barrier function of your scalp. It prevents you from having toxic load buildup on that uh, compromised dried barrier function, barrier um, on your scalp. And then um, it reduces the use of plastic shampoo bottles. So that's pretty cool also. So if you're trying to reduce your plastic waste, which I'm always trying to find ways to reuse um, plastic bottles that come into my home by refilling it with things that I can make myself, uh, this is just one more way to do that. So for the first month that you're doing the no poo method, just comb your hair. You might want to wear it in a ponytail uh, if you can, or just pin it up. It's easier if you have longer hair, um, but shorter hair can do it as well. I first started doing it when I had, you know, chin length hair. So I just pinned it back and got it out of my face. And it took, a, it took about a month. It, took, it takes about one epidermal cycle for your scalp to regulate itself. But then once it's regulated, it's very simple. And you really only have to do it maybe once or twice a week. And the rest of the time I would just rinse my hair um, and use my fingers to just massage my scalp. And I might do an extra apple cider vinegar rinse, depending on how much buildup was in my, uh, and the lengths of my hair. But I, I almost never have to wash my hair anymore. <clears throat> my scalp is always regulated. And even in really dry months in the winter time, my scalp remains nicely moisturized. I don't get dandruff as long as I'm doing it. So another thing you can do is to opt for fragrance-free products or pre uh, products that are scented with only essential oils. Synthetic fragrances or anything on the ingredients list that's listed as parfum or fragrance is a common source of potentially harmful chemicals because they can bury, companies can bury hundreds of toxic 
chemicals and irritants in this one quote-unquote ingredient, which is technically a proprietary blend of many kinds of ingredients that they do not have to disclose to you. So if there's a, the term fragrance, uh, consider the source. Again, look at the company that you're purchasing from. Take a look at their parent company. What other products do they manufacture? Do you feel like their manufacturing processes are ones that you can trust? If they are a company that is a subsidiary of a larger company that makes chemical solvents and uh, cleaning products, industrial cleaning products, household cleaning products, seeing the word fragrance on a label would not give me the most confidence in using that product because they could be dumping anything in there. You would never know. The regulation is quite loose in this area. So it can really, it, synthetic fragrances can really cause uh, a lot of skin irritation and a lot of other health problems. So essential oils are uh, a better alternative uh, provides a really nice fragrance, a nice scent to your products, but it doesn't have that harmful chemical load. Uh, and then hairstyling products that contain chemicals like um, hair dyes and hair sprays, especially that you're inhaling, you want to be really careful about. So make sure that you're reading your ingredient listings for those things. Hair dyes in particular can be quite toxic and they're sitting on the skin for upwards of 30 minutes at a time. So you're just absorbing that into your scalp and it can lead to long-term health problems. So you can also advocate for safer personal care products by just supporting companies that you know of that prioritize the use of natural and organic ingredients. They avoid harm harmful chemicals. They might use local sustainable farming uh, practices and even um, more ethical carbon neutral or carbon zero manufacturing processes. Um, you can use the power of your dollar to really support these ethical and sustainable companies. Uh, they prioritize your health and their health and the health of the environment. So it's uh, quite a powerful thing to know that you are intentionally only purchasing products from companies that you know have your best interest at heart and that are consistently using only the best quality, healthiest ingredients for you. I personally, in the studio, carry Comfort Zone and Skin Regimen, and these, these two products are made by the same company, they're the Davines Group, and they are a B corporation. They, are, uh, they use sustainable farming practices, local farms in Italy, to source a lot of their organic ingredients, as many as they can. They use solar energy to manufacture all their products. They use it in their home offices and their manufacturing facilities. And even their little their packets, their sample packets can be recycled. So I feel really good about supporting a company like that. That's one of the reasons that I carry them. Oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the use of shea butter as well, because shea butter is one of those ingredients that um, it's so versatile and I always have a, a jar of an organic shea butter. Uh, the one that I like is from Sun Potion currently, but you can find other organic shea butters. They are, um, it's a plant-based butter. It's been used for centuries in Africa 
It's extracted from the nuts of the shea tree, and it contains really high levels of fatty acids and vitamins that make it an excellent moisturizer and skin nourisher. I have actually recently been using it on my face um, as a moisturizer before I go to bed at night, just to simplify my nighttime routine. I had been reading that it was a wonderful uh, ingredient to use on its own to help heal the barrier function for people with rosacea, eczema, psoriasis, and other kind of surface inflammation or inflammatory conditions of the skin. And since I have rosacea, I thought I would give it a try. Um, it's in a lot of products already, right? It's, it's already, it's a beautiful emollient. Um, it's in soaps, it's in shampoos, conditioners, uh, it's super versatile. Um, and it can add a little bit more of like a thick consistency to creams, lotions, and balms that are used on the skin. So uh, I buy the organic uh, shea butter just on its own in a jar, and I just take a little bit, you know, maybe like pea size amount, or maybe two pea size amounts in the palm of my hand, and I warm it in between my hands, and then I press it into my skin, and then I massage it in to really fully spread it around my face and my neck. And then I go to sleep. And when I wake up in the morning, my skin feels really good. I have noticed a significant reduction in redness and irritation. Um, it has been more resilient during the day. Um, one of the more popular products that has, uh, it's, it's, it's constantly having a resurgence and currently it's having another moment in the sun. The uh, La Roche-Posay Cisaplast uh, Balm which has B5, which is a B vitamin. It's a powerful antioxidant and it's extremely soothing to the skin. But shea butter is one of the key ingredients in this product. I recommend it a lot. I actually talked about it in my slugging episode because I did use it as sort of an alternative to slugging. Uh, I don't like pet petrolatum in general for um, mainly all the reasons that I have detailed for you today. It can have a toxic load in the body, and it's also occlusive. So it's difficult to remove once it's on the skin. And so it can often be a moot point to try to rehydrate your skin with something like petrolatum because the work you have to do to remove it now strips all the moisture back out of your skin. <laughs> so shea butter is a wonderful alternative can get behind your philosophy of life, you know, no, I want, I want to choose products from companies that walk their talk. And this whole greenwashing of the personal care industry has been a little disruptive to me personally, because as someone with easily irritated skin, uh, it can be really hard to navigate, you know, what products that can be safe for me to use. So face cleansers, moisturizers, serums, and then not to mention makeup. I mean, makeup is probably among the worst. It's very difficult to find. I'm lucky I've found some, a couple of great brands that I use consistently that have a really wonderful ingredient profiles and great formulation practices, but there's still all these other personal care products to look out for, right? Your toothpaste, um, your shampoos, your hand soap, your dish soap, cleaning products in your home. 
um, all these things are touching your skin or a lot of them are. So if you are not wearing gloves when you clean, you're also getting some toxic load from those. So that's a uh, topic for another episode, but I hope that some of these tips have helped. The no poo method can be a great way to reduce the toxic load and really kind of keep your scalp really healthy and pH balanced and to keep your hair from becoming excessively oily uh, as a result of an imbalanced scalp. Also, oh, I didn't mention this, but also deodorant. Deodorant can have a lot of toxic load as well. So I'm just currently trying a new brand, which so far I'm liking. It's the Native brand. Um, their ingredients looked really quite nice. Okay, so they use caprylic triglycerides, tapioca starch, ozocarite, sodium bicarbonate, baking soda, magnesium hydroxide, coconut oil, cyclodextrin, shea butter, dextrose, and L-acidophilus, which is a, a probiotic. So it helps to balance out bacteria levels in your underarms. So, so far I'm really liking it. So far, so good. I think it's really functional. As someone who works out a lot, I appreciate a deodorant that works <laughs> and it can be difficult to find. So yeah, so in terms of your personal care products outside of the realm of makeup, definitely keep these tips in mind. The no poo method, single ingredient products like uh, shea butter for the body and the face, uh, sweet almond oil, jojoba oil for the body to moisturize. You can add essential oils. You can add other active oils like rosehip seed oil, borage oil, um, things like that. There's a lot of research that you can do online that will help you to really create something that will suit your personal needs. My personal favorite is to use jojoba and a little bit of tamanu and a little sweet almond oil. And then I add some rosehip seed oil to the mix. And that makes a really softening, luxurious body oil. Uh, and then at the studio, I carry Comfort Zone and they have some really beautiful products. They have a body oil, which is really, really quickly penetrates into the skin. It's very like softening and silky. And then they also have a body cream, a body lotion, and a body, like a shower cream, which is a really, really nice moisturizing body wash that uses coconut saponifiers instead of SLS. So it's a softer foaming agent that does not have the toxic load or the ill effects on the body. So, um, yeah. I hope that this has helped you guys. Let me know if you have any questions or if you want me to go deeper into any of these uh, subjects on a future episode. If you have a question about anything you'd like for me to address in a future episode, please let me know. You can leave me a voice message from the link in the show notes or you can email me at hello at powerspaseattle.com. And I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you got value out of today's episode. Your support is invaluable to me. So please rate, review, and subscribe. You can book appointments with me in my studio in Seattle from my website at powerspaseattle.com. I'm on social media at powerspaseattle, or you can send me an email at hello at powerspaseattle.com. 
Feel free to leave a comment or use the link in show notes to leave me a voicemail and I'll see you next week. Bye.